All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Fitness Education Online Podcast, the podcast where fitness professionals go to grow their fitness business. If you're in the fitness industry, you'll find tips and strategies from proven business experts. Now, let's start the show. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fitness Education Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jono, and I'm super excited because we've got an awesome guest on the line this week. A lot of the time on these podcasts, I interview you know other personal trainers, fitness professionals, group fitness instructors, that sort of thing here. Here, we've got a pelvic health physio. And she's not just any pelvic health physio. She's a very good pelvic health physio because she's been referred to me by a good friend of mine, Jen Dugard, who's probably one of the leading educators in the the training postnatal women in the fitness space. So if she recommends this woman, she must know a thing or two. So without further ado, let me introduce Joe Murdoch. Joe, how are you? Hi, Jono. I'm very well. Thank you for that lovely intro. No, thank you for coming on. Um, before we dive into the content, Joe, do you want to let my listeners know just a little bit about yourself? What is it you do? How'd you get into it? Yes, sure. No worries. I'll be brief on this one. Um, as you know, I grew up in the country, played a lot of sport that got me interested in physio, landed in physio, and somehow without intending to ended up in the space of pelvic health which has been an exceptional journey. So essentially a pelvic health physio um, is the new term that we use instead of women's health physio. And the reason for that is because men can have pelvic health problems too and children. And obviously we have um, a much broader demographic with our transgender population these days as well. So we, um, in terms of pelvic health physios, what we do is we, I guess, understand the inside of the pelvis. So we tend to understand the pelvic floor muscle function much better than most physios and obviously understand things like stress urinary incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse. And so a big part of our role is to sort that out. Um, what we all also do though is of course integrate um, our pelvic health knowledge with our musculoskeletal knowledge so a general musculoskeletal knowledge so we tend to be able to sort of assess and treat any person from the outside and the inside i guess is our little extra niche awesome well let's um let's dive into a few of those things as well um maybe let's start with maybe let's start with the role exactly so um, the role used to be called a women's health physio. It's since, you know, now more, um, more commonly known as a pelvic health physio is everyone that's a pelvic health physio. They've already got their physiotherapist qualifications. And then do they need to do further qualifications from that? Or is it more just short courses or is it more just working with the, that population? How do you go from, I guess, a, a physiotherapist to a pelvic health physio? Well, that's a very good question. And the answer to that has evolved a lot over time, particularly recently. So essentially, yes, we all have an undergraduate physio degree. Um, and then what happens is the Australian Physiotherapy Association have put out levels. So you can do level one and level two um, pelvic health training. And then from there, I guess that gives you a foundation um, but there are many, many more 
kind of courses that you can do from there, which involve short courses um, on different topics. For example, you might do a four-day course on stress urinary incontinence and pelvic organ prolapse or a short course on bowel dysfunction or overactive bladder um, or pelvic girdle pain in pregnancy. Or you can do, of course, postgraduate training through universities as well. So there's, I guess, lots of different streams. And um, so personal trainers, um, it is it is nice to understand, I guess, the background of the pelvic health physio you're working with. Mm. Um, most physios are always love learning and are always striving to learn tons more. So I think what you'll find is that most of them have done lots of extra training and are seeing lots of, um, you know, pelvic health clients to to really consolidate their knowledge there's lots of other things like in our practice for example we have a mentor program for physios um, which is helpful for physios that are out there working on their own um, because you know as you guys would agree and why you're doing this podcast uh, we're all better if we can learn with each other together (laughs) from each other so yeah so it's not a straightforward answer I suppose but um, certainly you would look for physios that have at least done the APA level training. Gotcha. And I, my, my follow-up question was, you know, what kind of conditions do you see there? But I think you just railed them off with all those those short courses, right? Yeah. You've got to yeah, just give yeah. maybe a bit of a summary. What are, I guess, the major reasons why someone would come to, would see a pelvic health physio? Yeah. Okay. So if we start with maybe stress urinary incontinence, because stress urinary incontinence is very common in the population. It's more common in our um, athletes that Mm -hmm. haven't had babies yet. So um, that's very relevant for you guys, even if you're not working with women um, who Mm -hmm. are pregnant or postpartum. Just rest assured, a good half of them are probably leaking depending on the um, type and intensity of exercise they're doing. Women, men, Not men, women. So we have no data on men in in this from a stress urinary incontinence. Um, Men generally don't leak unless they've had their prostate removed. So generally we only see that post-prostatectomy. Men can have bladder problems though, like an Mm. overactive kind of irritable bladder that's frustrating and annoying and they can have pelvic pain so kind of testicular pain and pain in and around the bladder but they don't tend to leak so the stress urinary incontinence tends to sit most in um, the female population and certainly in the athletic female population so um Yes. So, you know, any, any, from any age, really, we see it in adolescence, like young girls, 14, 15 year old girls leaking. Oh, wow. Um, and then right through to our sort of what we call nulliparous. The term is nulliparous. That just means never had a baby. Gotcha. Um, athletes. And then, of course, uh, we then roll into pregnancy and we'll see women in their pregnancy for multiple reasons. It might be leaking again, or it might be some sort of pain. Um, we advocate to see women in pregnancy before they deliver their baby so that we can prepare them for their birth or at least assess their pelvic floor before their birth because um, there's lots and lots of information coming out now and certainly our own clinical data reflecting this idea that if the pelvic floor is dysfunctional in pregnancy, then it might have implications for the outcome of that birth Mm. and certainly postpartum. 
And then, of course, you see all your mums after they have their babies for rehabilitation of either their pelvic floor or their um, abdominal wall or both. And then, of course, anything from there really from bladder problems um, in terms of overactivity in the bladder, so that sort of that tendency towards urgency, you know, I'm busting to go to the toilet all the time, I go all the time, I have to get up at night, um, you know, all of those kind of things. And then lots of bowel dysfunction. I mean, people don't understand or maybe we just don't talk about bowels a whole lot, but um, we tend to treat things like chronic constipation um, because, again, that actually ties back into the pelvic floor muscles being dysfunctional and causing almost like an obstruction sometimes um, to fecal incontinence, which is, again, more prevalent than you would realize. And, again, it just comes down to muscle dysfunction, so that's easy for physios to treat. Um, and then the big one is probably pain. You know, we see a lot of women with pain. The pain can be in the pelvis or around the pelvis. And again, it usually has lots to do with the muscles and that's our job to treat the muscles. So we get involved in all of those things. Gotcha. Well, let's um, dive into to personal trainers and I guess as specific as we can there. Let's say a personal trainer has a client. They've had a client while well, they're training a client. That client now says, hey, Jono, you know, I've got to let you know I'm pregnant. I'm three months in, four months in, you know, whatever it may be. Should that personal trainer recommend that woman see a pelvic health physio or is it a, a case by case or what, what's your thoughts on that? Let's take a quick break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. It's a good question. It's a tricky one to answer. I mean, I guess your gut feel is, yeah, send them because um, let's just do a screening at some mm. point. Um, but um, it's probably a bit more case by case. So there's a few flags, I suppose. Um, the first point I want to make before I get into that, though, is that Exercise in pregnancy is so important mm. and um, we've always known that, but I think it's more and more um, the evidence around that is more robust. So um, you'll hear lots of physios or physios who are staying really up to date with the research saying now, hang on a minute, where in the past we were probably, we could have been a little bit too cautious with yeah. exercise in pregnancy. And we're flipping the mindset to um, it's far more harmful not to exercise in pregnancy yeah. than any exercise could be in pregnancy. Yeah. So such we know, um, yeah, maternal Cause... outcomes like uh, preeclampsia, gestational diabetes, um, all of these really important medical problems are controlled with exercise. Mm. And so... It's really key. I suppose what physios have been concerned about with being pregnant and exercising under lots of load is what might happen to their, their pelvic floor and their pelvic organs. But we have never been able to prove that that's actually a problem. And in fact, I think probably quite the reverse. So the the, the um, 
the current risk is saying, I don't, even, even these women out doing high intense exercise through their pregnancy, we are yet to prove that that's a problem. If anything, it looks like it's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that's really important for personal trainers to know that what you guys right. are doing with your pregnant women is really important and really great. 100%. And um, I guess that's even, it's even flipped a bit, right? Like I think when I first started in industry, was kind of like, hey, if you're pregnant and you're already exercising, great, keep doing what you're doing and, and lower it a bit. If you're not currently exercising, hey, it's probably not a good time to start. That's gone now, right? We need our pregnant girls to exercise. We absolutely do. So I suppose yeah. if they're going from nothing, they at least just need to start walking and doing yeah. some low-intensity exercise. But if they're already working it in high-intense, they can stay high-intense and it's – We're getting closer to saying you can even stay exercising vigorously. So, um, you know, we've known plenty of athletes who've continued to run at a pretty decent pace right through their pregnancy. Um, And, you know, the data is fresh, but it's really emerging that it's it's safe. It's safe for the baby and we we think it's safe for the mum too. So... I guess, though, if you did have a client who did want to work pretty... um, intensely during their uh, pregnancy. That's probably not a bad reason to see though a pelvic health physio Mm. because it would be good for us to go, let's just check that your pelvic floor muscle function is excellent so that under this extra load of being pregnant, everything from is safe from the perspective of your pelvic organs. And um, we definitely know if we can keep you from leaking in pregnancy. So if we can make sure you don't leak during pregnancy and do not have stress incontinence, then you're much more likely to not leak postpartum. Mm. If if we just if you just go ahead in your pregnancy and leak a little bit and don't worry about it because you know I'm pregnant and oh it's just a little bit, you're gonna be leaking postpartum. Mm. And then you might regret that. So I guess we push for if there's any signs of stress incontinence during the pregnancy, get that sorted out in the pregnancy because it will save you postpartum. It will get you back to your exercise faster um, because you won't have this kind of, you know, uh, I guess, dysfunction of leaking. So yeah, so if you if you if your clients are working at a high intensity, it's probably a good idea to get them to see someone if they disclose any leaking which you know obviously not everyone does disclose but if they do definitely and certainly if they have any signs of pelvic girdle pain mm. um so that's pain in the pubic bone pain in the sacroiliac joint so the sij or pain in the lumbar spine anything like that um two reasons one we can fix that pain <laughs> they mm. don't have to be living with that pain so a good pelvic health physio with really sound musculoskeletal skills can fix that um and keep them exercising, right? Because that is our job to help you guys help them keep exercising because it's so important for their maternal health outcomes. Um, and number two, the one the one thing that we get a little concerned about in people who have pelvic girdle pain is that often their pelvic floor muscles are a little bit what we call higher in tone, a bit tight. Mm-hmm. Um, what we don't love is tight pelvic floor muscles going into a birth because remember the baby has to come through the pelvic floor muscles. Mm. If those muscles are tight, that's probably not going to be an ideal scenario for the birth. So pelvic girdle pain is a definite flag for see a pelvic health physio 
in your pregnancy. And as I said at the beginning, from about the 34-week mark in pregnancy anyway, we tend to advocate that women get a pelvic get a screening from a pelvic health physio. And sometimes we'll see women and we go, you are fine. Your abdominal wall is amazing. Your pelvic floor is brilliant. You've got a really great, what we call bearing down maneuver or pushing technique for your birth. See you later. Don't Mm. need to see you again. I'll see you at six weeks postpartum. We'll check you again. But sometimes we'll pick a few things up that we can maybe modify at that point, like their abdominal wall function and perhaps prevent a bad separation, like pelvic floor dysfunction that we can improve before the birth and maybe postpartum outcomes will be better. So we would advocate that that screening at around 34 weeks is a good idea. Gotcha. So let me get this from, a, I guess, the personal trainer side of things. Let's say they've got a client that that's pregnant. It wouldn't necessarily be like, right, hey, you're pregnant, go and see a, a pelvic health physio right now. Would more be like, right, you know, let's keep training. Oh, you want to keep training high intensity? Look, if if you want to keep doing that, go and see a pelvic health physio. Hey, you know, you've, you've met, hey, or you, depending on your relationship with the client or how you bring it up or your screening, if that client tells you that you're leaking, that they're, they're leaking, or you may even just mention it. Hey, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, if you're pregnant, um, you're pregnant, if you notice any leaking, it's probably a good idea to go and see a pelvic health physio. Another reason there, or if there's any pain there, right, go and see a, in, in the, um, in the pelvic floor area or in the, the pelvis mm-hmm. area, right, mm-hmm. go and see a pelvic health physio. Uh, apart from that, you wouldn't they wouldn't necessarily need to see a pelvic health physio until around the 34 week mark where you'd probably recommend every pregnant woman see a pelvic health physio is that how we look at it from the trainer side of things perfect summary johnny perfect awesome all right well let's go on the other side of it then you know you've whether it's a new client or whether it's a client that used to train with you they've um you know they've given birth they've had their six-week checkup um and they're ready to start getting back and they've gotten clear that the doctors said you know right you know you're good to start getting back into things because i'm guessing it's not a prerequisite that the doctor wouldn't say go and see a, a pelvic health physio that woman would probably go to the gym see a trainer hey i want to start to get back into it what's your take there should before that trainer starts training the woman should they recommend or the the person should they recommend that person see a pelvic health physio or should we are there signs then again or what's your take there yeah that one's a bit more straightforward and i know jen dugard with her safe return to exercise is a big advocate for this as well um that a six-week check with a pelvic health physio is a good idea in addition to your six-week check with your medical provider. And the simple reason for that is the medical provider is obviously just looking at things from a medical perspective. And, um, you know, obstetricians, GPs, midwives will be the first to um, sort of say that they, that they, their understanding of the pelvic floor function is, is not, as strong as a pelvic health physio because that's what we do um and so yes a six-week check with us is a really good idea there's a couple of key fundamental reasons for that and the one is is you you can be quite asymptomatic with pelvic floor dysfunction in Mm. those um early weeks and so if your pelvic floor on depending on your birth it's going to be different for everybody so some people bounce back perfectly normally in fact most people most people will bounce back really well um and that's great but some don't and so if their pelvic floor isn't um hasn't got its rest what we call resting tone back and it's still a bit 
sort of low in tone and a bit open, then the risk of pelvic organ prolapse is higher and it gets higher depending on how low in tone those muscles are. And the problem with that is you don't know until after the math, right? So what we're trying to do is prevent pelvic organ prolapse happening in the first place. And there's some really key measures that we take that are very scientific that we know um, changes your risk profile. And the thing we can do there is intervene, right? So, oh, look, these muscles are low in tone. These numbers aren't good enough. I'm going to give you an exercise program which will absolutely improve these outcomes and that will help us guide you back to your exercise program safely so that we can avoid that happening. And the same is true for stress incontinence. So we're always just sort of advocating to prevent all of these things in the first place because they do then become quite bothersome and they do then stop people exercising like any injury, Mm -hmm. right? If you can prevent the injury and keep the person exercising, you're winning. Um, And the same is true with the abdominal wall. So for most people, their abdominal wall function does actually bounce back quite nicely, but for others it does and what happens then is they end up developing a whole bunch of compensations and so what you or what you might call sort of inappropriate strategies around their abdominal wall so in order to be able to carry out the task that you guys are asking them to carry out they'll have to recruit something so if they don't have their core function back in order then it will appear that they can do that exercise it's just that they're not doing it with the right motor pattern Mm. so the physio's job is to optimize the motor pattern and then once that pattern's happening then you guys take over and you load them and 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 retrain and re-strengthen that abdominal wall function gotcha so those are things that we look at in that six-week check okay so a couple questions with that so it sounds like this one's a bit more straightforward if a if a client sees the personal trainer it's pretty much like, hey, you know, before I see you, I want you to go and um, see a pelvic health physio and get this check done here. From there, it sounds like it's one of two things. It's either like the physio will do that check, be right, yep, you're good to go, or you're good to start getting into things. Um, mm-hmm. Or they'll be like, hey, I see some issues here. Here's a program that I want you to do before you get into gym kind of stuff. Am I right on that to start with? And then I'll, I'll ask a follow-up from there. Yes, and there's probably a third scenario, which is, look, there's a few things we might want to just modify a little bit in your session, which is fine. I'm just going to get in touch with your personal trainer and talk them through that and the reason for that, and um, but otherwise carry on. Love yeah, it. so as opposed to go or not, there's yeah. an in-between. Go, okay. but we'll just let's just modify these couple of things because of whatever. Awesome. Okay. Now let's say it's a, it's a no, Hey, you're not ready to, to exercise yet. We want you to follow this program. What does that kind of look like in terms of, do they see you one-on-one and do the program with you? Do you kind of write them up a program? They do it at home and come in once a week and, and, you know, you check what's going on. What does that, what does that side of things look like? And I know it obviously varies depending on the situation, but if you could give us a a general kind of idea of what that looks like. Yeah, pretty much either of those scenarios, but um, because obviously mothers are very time poor, so we're always trying to get creative with where we can integrate their program um, and often keeping it really short and specific. So these are the, here's the deficit in your system. Here's how we're going to fix it. You're going to do this exercise. You're going to wrap that TheraBand around the door handle near the kitchen so that when every time you look at it, you're going to do a set for me. Um, and, you know, but in addition to that, you're going to do 
get out with you can get out walking with the pram you know you can chase a few hills around if you want to because you you can cope with that or whatever and then i'm going to see you in two weeks three weeks whatever to reassess and see where you're at so that we can get you back into the gym or with your personal trainer or whatever yeah so it sounds it's it's, well i think you use this analogy before as well almost like any other injury right it's kind of like you've got this injury you go and see a physio that physio is either going to say yes no or yes but with these things here if it's a no hey go and do this see me in a couple weeks then we'll, we'll go from there yeah, that's right. That's right. And rest assured, most physios, certainly most that we work with, um, we do, do not like the no version. So we, mm. we're really trying to get people exercising. You know, that's a massive part of our job is to keep people exercising. So I think um, there's probably a moment in time a couple of decades ago where we were probably a bit too cautious um, mm. and um, holding women back probably a little bit too much, but we certainly evolved from that point. And we're very much more like, no, no, we'll get you. We'll get you back out there. We will. We just want to optimize it. Awesome. Well, since um, since we're speaking so much about pelvic health physios and how important it is for personal trainers to refer their clients there, let's speak a little bit about that. Now, let's start with yourself. You're based in Sydney. Are you happy if there's personal trainers listening to this and they want to connect with a pelvic health uh, physio for their clients? Are you happy if they reach out to you or your clinic and if so how do they yes. do that yeah yeah of course well we've got a couple of three clinics across sydney so one in bondi junction one in camaray and one down in the shire in woolaware and um yeah all of our clinics are full of pelvic health physios so you can see any of our uh, physios obviously we all do the same thing and we're just physiotherapyclinic.com.au pretty easy awesome. to find pretty awesome easy to find. I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes as well oh thanks and um you know, I think Jen Dugard and her Safe Return to Exercise program should also um, have lists of physios around the country um, okay. with, uh, you know, that are qualified to, to carry through all of this. The Australian Physiotherapy Association also has a find a physio um, selection where you can choose a pelvic health physio. Um, oh, Jono, I'm very happy for people to just email me joe at physiotherapyclinic.com.au um, to find someone. We be, Because of our mentor program, we know a lot of physios around oh, the country. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so we'll, we'll um, just expand that a bit. You mentor other physios, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So we have, um, yes, we have a men- mentorship kind of program and also a membership type thing in our oh. um, business, which is just to create a community of physios like i said there's there's a lot of uh pelvic health physios working solo which is really hard to work solo so we've just created this little community so that we can all kind of learn from each other the point is we know we tend to know a lot of physios around the country now so if we don't know someone in your area i'll probably know someone that will know someone so if you're really struggling to find feel free to reach out Awesome. And so, so just to summarize that for people listening, if you're in Sydney, you can reach out to Joe. I'll put the link down in the, the show notes. Uh, if you're not from Sydney, you can also reach out to Joe. She might not work with you directly, but she might know someone that will. Um, apart from that, you can reach out to Jen Dugard. I'll put her links down in the, the show notes as well. She can probably refer you to someone. Or you can go to the Australian Physiotherapy Association. You can search via physiotherapist and then find a specialty there. They're our best options. That's right. Awesome. And in terms of collaborating, I know you've got a very good relationship with Jen. 
if a personal trainer wants to build that relationship with a pelvic health physio, how do, how do they go about it? Does it start just with an email? Do they catch up? Do they refer? Like any tips you can mm. give a, a personal trainer there to build that? Not so much just a, hey, go and see this person, here's their card, if they can really build that relationship. Yeah, it is a good one to build because, again, you get you get to learn from each other and it ends up being, I think, um, a beautiful th- thing for the for the person because you're working together yeah. to you know optimize their health outcomes um it doesn't really matter just reach out like physios uh work with personal trainers all the time so you just email or call um and then we always really like to meet people face to face um so we either meet for a coffee what we often do is go to a class because <laughs> yeah so we just be like can we come to your class and then yeah, yeah. we get to meet and we um, get to see how it all rolls so that when we're referring a client, we can be like, go to this place. They do lots of X, Y, and Z there. And plus I can work with them. And that, and that's what patients love, of course, when we can say, hey, I know Jono, I'll just send him a quick email or I'll give him a quick call about these modifications that I think might be useful. Mm. Um, so once you open up that dialogue, um, I think most physios are happy with, well, they'll tell you, just email me or text me or call me or <laughs> whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, it's just about talking really. Well, you, you brought up a few good points there as well. I like how, I, I think it should be a win, 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 right? It should be a good win for ideally the, well, uh, most importantly, the client, because they're getting the best experience. They've got a, a collaborative team instead of two two different ones. It's also a good win for both kinds of businesses, the personal trainer refers that client to the pelvic to the pelvic health physio. Great win for the pelvic health physio. Also makes the personal trainer look better. It's not just saying, "Yeah, go on Google pelvic health physio and find someone." Hey, I know Joe. She's based here. Here's her email. Here's her phone number. Tell her you know me, and she'll look after you. Um, it might also work the other way as well. You know, the pelvic health physio might be like, "Hey, you know, you want to go and see a personal trainer? Go and see Jono. I trust him." Yada yada yada. Uh, and I'll also add on where you said attend the class. I think that's great. Like any personal mm. trainer running group classes, that's the best collaboration to have for a few different reasons. A, it's like um, you just get to see that person more. It's not just someone you're kind of emailing. You're seeing that person every week, two times a week, three times a week, whatever it may be. You're building that relationship there. That physio can um, trust you as well, know that you run a good class, uh, but also for the participants in there. Because I think there's a difference between, say, me, I'm running a boot camp. There's a difference between me saying, you know, hey, um, hey, Rita, go and see this person here. She's a pelvic health specialist. Or me saying, hey, Rita, you know, Joe, who trains with us, she's actually a pelvic health specialist or she's actually a physio, you know, go and see, go and see her. There's that extra level yeah. of trust there. So I think it's better for the um for the physio and also like there might be a facebook group maybe the physio's in that facebook group as well mm. and they can you know it's just a better experience there uh but the other thing as well i was going to say and i'd love to get your your take on this and i think it's going to depend on the situation but it's also probably a good idea for the personal trainer to go and see that physio pay them for a session or for an hour or whatever it is if it's worth doing a, a check you know great you know go and do a check and check out that person's um pelvic floor or even if mm. it's not worth doing a check on that person, it could even be worth the personal trainer just paying that physio for their time and being like, right, what would you do? If I sent a client here, what would you do? What's the process? How would it deal with it? Um, I think mm. that's good as well because it's yes. it, it's good for the personal trainer to experience it 
but you're not just wasting the physio's time there. You're actually paying and you'll get you'll get treated like a client. Yeah. And either or we've done that always over the years. We'll always say, Hey, come, why don't you come in? I'll talk you through, I'll take you through a session. If you need something for your body, then that's fine. We can do that. Or I'll just kind of roll you through the process of how it would look for your clients so that when you are referring, you've got an appreciation for that. Um, Absolutely. We've done that bucket loads over time. Um, And we've also done lots of like little education sessions um, with, you know, I've done that a lot with Jen and her team over the years and even clients. So we've done hosted little workshops with clients. So there's all sorts of things you can do, I think, to yet yeah, to sort of just build build the relationship with each other, but also um, I suppose collaborate just with even with the with the clients and make them feel really safe and looked after. Yes. Okay. Now, Joe, I believe oh, there's going to be obviously a lot of personal trainers watching this, listening to this. That's like, okay, you know, this woman is cool. She knows her stuff. I want to follow her. <laughs> I want to learn from her. Uh, let us know where we go on both of those things. If someone just wants to follow you, if you want to let us know your, your socials, I believe you've got a podcast as well. And then I believe you've also got courses too. So if you could let us know a little bit about both of those two things. Yeah. Thanks again, Jono. <laughs> um, so we have a Instagram page, Physiotherapy Clinic, um, and we also How'd you have. Get that? Phys- How'd you get that name? By <laughs> I know, I know, a very long time ago, yeah, yeah. when when the internet was just arriving. Um, been in this space for a while, and then we have Physio Clinic underscore Education is the other handle, um, which you guys are probably going to be even more interested in. It's, it's probably targeted a bit more to physios, but I think particularly if you're interested in pelvic health, you'll find a lot of that information helpful um, because that's what it is. It's just a, it's just a little um, information kind of sharing place. And then, yes, the Pelvic Health Podcast is the podcast that I'm involved in. Um, and there's some really great podcasts on exercise in pregnancy that have just come out and another one um, – coming out shortly on a postpartum exercise so a a lot of um you know they're researchers but they it's very relevant to your space and so what was uh, the pelvic floor podcast did you say no the pelvic health podcast gotcha so it's myself laurie fauna and tamara woods hosting that podcast it's very fun that sounds like a great one for for personal trainers that specialize in training mums i think that sounds like a great podcast to subscribe to i think (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. um and then what else can i tell you so yes we have lots of courses for physios we do have a course titled um women's health for exercise professionals um, that I've run a good few times. Uh, that course tends to be run face to face. And again, if you look at that on our website, you'll see that it. For more information, you just to email me, and we can organise a time. I'm not running set dates the, at at the moment. We're just organising those times individually. Awesome. And then the only other thing that we have got probably that might be of interest to the listeners is our uh, birth course for pregnant women. Oh yes, so, I saw that. Yeah, so it's called Not for myself, Ready. obviously, but I saw it and was like, that'd be a good idea for other people. <laughs> well, maybe one day, Jono. So it, yeah, is, yeah. it does involve partners. So it's not just for the pregnant women. It's for the pregnant women and their birth partner. Um, 
and the reason for that is because the birth partner is extremely important in the birthing process. They need mm. to know what they are doing on the day. So this course Damn is it. now. Yeah, I, actually... need, I definitely need that course then. <laughs> you saw, yeah, you sold me. <laughs> Um, all the partners are like, just tell me what I need to do. So yeah. that is what we do in that course. We're like, yeah, here yeah. is your list. That's um, exactly what I sold. I'm sure all the guys listening to this are just like, yeah, sold. <laughs> Good. Um, but it also, I, it is online now. Um, it does have a practical component that you can come and do a practical course face-to-face learning birth skills. But really the whole point of that course is t- to give women far more knowledge around the birthing process and also a whole lot of knowledge around their choice. There's a lot of choice around birth these days, but the problem is, is women don't even understand birth itself, Mm. (laughs) let alone what their choices are. So it becomes quite tricky when, you know, at the pointy end of the pregnancy, they have to make all these decisions, but they don't understand the background knowledge. So it just gives women a whole lot of background knowledge we have the belief that women are really clever and that they should be given lots more information than they currently are when it comes to birth because it is at the end of the day, it is their body going. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes, all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you, or you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.